the Tom Kearney Show has just arrived with Trini Lopez. And in just a moment, Dr. Edward Funkhauser will tell you why it arrived with Trini Lopez, but I need to explain to you that we do periodically uh, on the Tom Kearney Show something called a necrology, which is a list of those who have lived and that we have known and but have died but are deserve to be remembered. We've been doing this, oh, between 10 and 15 years, and Dr. Funkhauser is the keeper of the role. And tonight we're going to talk about the the, the people that have passed away pretty much over the last uh, four to six weeks. And Trini Lopez was one of those, and uh, uh, that's that's the name of that game. And uh, having said that, uh, I'm going to pass it to uh, to Dr. Funkhauser. Ed Funkhauser is a professor emeritus. I guess he's a professor emeritus. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he actually has that title or not. But oh, he, yeah. I mean, I'm not there anymore, Tom. Yeah, okay. But uh, I always have to be careful when you get into academia and you know, yeah. putting titles out. But anyway, he taught for many years in the Department of Communications and had numerous important uh, duties. Uh, among other things, though, for our purposes, he has been in his life a radio announcer at one time or another and uh, and uh, is, a, is a good person to, to help us do this. And having said that, Ed Funkhauser, uh, tell us about Trini Lopez. Well, Tom, uh, uh, Trini Lopez, of course, uh, unfortunately passed away on August 11th. He was 83 years old. Uh, we remember him as a singer and musician, um, really from 1959 until right up until his passing. He was still active. Uh, he had a number of hit records, as a matter of fact, but he was best known for uh, the piece we just heard, I, If I Had a Hammer, which is from the year 1963. Uh, Trini Lopez designed guitars for the Gibson Guitar Company. And he was a native of Dallas, Texas, was Trini Lopez. Now, you may be able to tell me about this. You know, you I, I get the kibitz in this game a little bit. But I believe that Trini Lopez is in one of my favorite movies, The Dirty Dozen. Uh, I'm not sure of that. He did do some acting uh, near the end of his career, um, uh, near the end of his really active career after the 1960s. I'm going to look that up, and maybe I'll have news for you later in the show, whether I'm right or I'm wrong. Give you something to do, Tom. Look Give me you always look it up. Keep me out of trouble. Right. And, uh, there you go. But I do want to mention uh, some other actors and actresses who have passed away recently, uh, notably uh, Diana Rigg. Now, it's she died September the 10th. She's 82 years old. Just hard to imagine Diana Rigg at 82 years old, uh, but... Uh, she was, uh, of course, a prolific British TV and movie actress. She was Emma Peel in The Avengers, uh, James Bond's wife in the movie On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which was from 1969. And she was Olena Tyrell in The Game of Thrones for four years, 2013 to 2017. And uh, she also was an excellent Broadway actress, she won a Tony for Best Actress in 1994. Let me say one thing about Diana Rigg. Well, two things. One people, a lot of people who'd never heard of her would know of her from listening to uh, uh, Married with Children. Uh, the, uh, what's, what's his name? Bundy. He really liked uh, Diana Rigg, and he kept ordering DVDs of her <laughs> in the show, and he kept getting Honor Blackman, uh, who was her predecessor. Right. The ones. But, 
where a lot of people would have seen her is for a couple of three years, she was the host, a very prestigious host of Masterpiece Theater on mm-hmm. public television. She was after uh, Alistair Cook and before right. a couple of other more prominent people. Uh, she was in the list of appearances in the media she has made is very long, as a matter of fact. Very successful, very prolific. Yes, Diana Rick. Right. Chadwick Boseman, unfortunately, Chadwick Boseman passed away as a young man. He died the 28th of August, age 43. Now, we remember him um, as Jackie Robinson in the movie 42 in 2013. And after that, he played James Brown in Get On Up as as Thurgood Marshall in Marshall. That was in 2017. And most recently and most notably, probably, superhero Black Panther. He played the Black Panther in 2018. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, a lot of attention has been directed toward his passing because as a young man, he passed away of colon cancer. And uh, there's been a kind of an initiative to look at why apparently a number of younger people are passing from this malady. He was 43. You may have said that. That's right, yeah. He was a native of South Carolina. Uh, Kevin Dobson died September the 6th. He was 77 years old. Now, Kevin Dobson, one of those actors, don't know the name perhaps, but you probably would recognize the face. He's been all over the place on television, especially a very busy actor, appeared on dozens of TV shows and movies, probably best known as Detective Bobby Crocker on the TV show Kojak between 1973 and 1978. He also played Mac McKenzie on Knott's Landing, which was uh, on the air from 82 to 1993. Kevin Dobson. I, I remember him as Crocker, and he was the perfect match for, for Kojak. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Tom, may I talk about some authors? Yes, you may. Uh, Winston Groom passed away uh, yesterday, September 16th. He was 77 years old. He was a writer and novelist. He wrote a lot of books. He wrote seven novels and 14 uh, books of history. Uh, nonfiction books, but by far the most notable book that uh, Winston Groom wrote was the novel Forrest Gump, which came out in 1986. And of course, Forrest Gump was made into the 1994 hit movie starring Tom Hanks. That movie won six Academy Awards. The film, by the way, differs substantially from the book. I read the book first. And I'll tell you, the book is better than the movie, although the movie was excellent. Uh, Winston Groom was born in Washington, D.C., graduated from the University of Alabama. He was an Army veteran who served in Vietnam with the 4th Infantry Division. Um, Kurt Lutke was a noted journalist. He was the executive editor of the Detroit Free Press. But he wrote movie screenplays, kind of on the side. But why did he do a good job? He wrote the screenplay for Out of Africa in 1985, which won an Academy Award, and he also wrote Absence of Malice in 1981, which was nominated for an Academy Award. He was 80 years old when he passed away on August the 9th. Gail Sheehy died August 24th. She was 83. She wrote 17 books, mostly nonfiction. All the great books she wrote was Passages in 1976, which was named by the Library of Congress as one of the most ten most influential books of our time. 
passages deals with the human relationships and cultural change. Gail Sheehy, 83, at the time of her death, August 24th. Let's stop right here and, and okay. take a break and let you catch your breath. And so folks who've tuned in will know exactly what they're listening to. Dr. Edward Funkhauser is the keeper of the record on our necrology, which is a list of those who have died who deserve to be remembered. And people can just slip away and you don't realize that they, in fact, have died. And that's what we, we try to update you periodically and so they can become a part of your, your memory bank. Uh, we're going to pause now for a break, and when we come back, We'll get more of the list for the necrology. September edition of the Necrology, and the keeper of the record is Dr. Ed Funkhauser, and he's going to tell you why you're listening to Wayne Fontana. Well, unfortunately, Wayne Fontana, uh, Tom, passed away. Uh, He died on August the 6th. He was 74 years old. Wayne Fontana is English, um, uh, a rock and roll singer from England. By the way, his real name was Glenn Ellis, uh, and his band was called Wayne Fontana and the Mindbenders. But in 1965, he had that song you just heard uh, as a hit. It was the number one hit in the United States called The Game of Love, Wayne Fontana. And he died, and he was 77, and he just died recently. Okay, He was 74. 74, okay. Yeah. Well, well, this is one of the reasons we do this program, is if somebody had... I try to keep up with with, uh, oldies music, but if somebody had said, you know, is Wayne Fontana still around... I wouldn't have had the faintest idea, and now I know that he has he has passed over. Okay, Tom, I wanted to turn our attention now to some uh, local folks. Um, uh, some, uh, at least one of them, quite famous, maybe more than one of them, depending upon your definition of fame, I guess. But Randall Keenan died August twenty eighth. He was uh, a fairly young man, fifty seven years old. Randall Keenan grew up in Wallace, North Carolina, which is in Duplin County. And he is a highly acclaimed, I mean nationally, a highly acclaimed author. Uh, he wrote about the African-American experience in the South, and his books have won many awards. I've had the pleasure of meeting Randall Keenan. Um, he was a professor at UNC Chapel Hill and a visiting professor at Duke, the University of Mississippi, and many other universities as well. Randall Keenan. Um, Ronnie Williams passed away. Um, Ronnie Williams was the mayor of Garner for 14 years, from 2005 to 2019. He died September the 12th, 72 years old. Prior to becoming the mayor of Garner, he was a member of the Garner Town Council for some 20 years. Graduated from Garner High School in 1966, served in Vietnam in the Army, and previously served with the Garner Volunteer Fire Department and the Garner EMS, Ronnie Williams. Uh, Melanie Wade Goodwin passed away September 1st. Uh, She was 50 years old. She was a member of the North Carolina House of Representatives, a rather historic 
member. I'll tell you why in a moment. Um, she was in the House of Representatives in here in Raleigh from 2005 to 2011, represented District 66, which is located in south-central North Carolina. But Melanie was the first member of the North Carolina General Assembly to give birth while in office in 2008. After her time in the General Assembly, she became the Deputy Commissioner of the North Carolina Industrial Commission, graduated from Raleigh Sanderson High School, and uh, also UNC Chapel Hill and the Campbell University Law School. Melanie passed away after an 11-year battle with breast cancer. Okay. So I seem to remember when the occasion of, of uh, Melanie giving uh, giving birth, and, and that, that that was a highlight that had never happened in the history of the of the General Assembly. That's but, right. Okay. Well, I have uh, some folks here I want to mention, Tom, and they would come into the general uh, category of miscellaneous. The, uh, these people come from. A, a, a variety of backgrounds. Uh, one of them is Brent Scowcroft. That name ring a bell? I do. Yeah. Uh, he died August the 6th, age 95. Now, he had been the U.S. National Security Advisor for Presidents Gerald Ford and George H.W. Bush. And then he was the chair of the President's Intelligence Advisory Board for George W. Bush. Uh, he had served in the Air Force from 1947 to 1975, uh, where he was a lieutenant general. He graduated from West Point. That was before there was an Air Force Academy. Um, held a Ph.D. from Columbia University. Sumner Redstone died August 11th, age 97. Now, he was a business leader, uh, what we would call, I think, a media mogul. Uh, Sumner Redstone was the majority owner of National Amusements Theater Chain. Well, so what? Well, that organization owns Viacom, CBS, and Paramount Pictures. So Sumner Redstone controlled the CBS television network and a lot of various cable TV networks and syndication firms, uh, such as MTV, Comedy Central, Showtime, and, and really many others. Uh, the shows, the syndicated shows, were Dr. Phil, Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, and, and really lots more, too. In April of 2020, Forbes magazine said that Sumner Redstone was worth $2.6 billion. Um, Bill Gates Jr. passed away on September 14th. He was 94 years old. A father, he was the father of Bill Gates III of Microsoft fame. But Bill Gates, the, the father, was widely called Bill Gates Sr., although he was actually a junior, a junior because of the fame of his son. Um, well, anyway, he was a lawyer, president of the Seattle and Washington State Bar Associations, and he served on many boards of directors, corporations, universities, and so forth. And prominent and successful in his own right, I think. He was. It's yes. something to note, yeah. Right. Mike Sexton died September the 6th, age 72. See him a lot on television with the poker shows. He was a professional poker player and commentator. He won a lot of poker tournaments over the years and over $7 million in his career playing poker. Uh, he was the founder of the online poker service Party Poker, and he was the TV commentator on World Poker Tour. Mike Sexton had a nickname, the Ambassador 
of poker. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, I want to mention uh, someone from the world of music, Tom. Um, uh, Alfred Kasha. Uh, this gentleman was a songwriter. He won two Academy Awards, two of them, for Best Song in a Movie, for songs he co-wrote with Joel Hirshhorn. Um, he wrote The Morning After from The Poseidon Adventure in 1973, and also We May Never Love Like This Again from The Towering Inferno in 1975. Obviously, he liked Irwin Allen movies. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, movies about disasters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, Tom, uh, how are we doing on time here? We're okay. Let's see. We, we're going to need a break coming up here in about... Uh, about three minutes, as a matter of fact. So. Okay. Well, I wanted to mention a few uh, sports people. We have a number of sports people for the second half of our show tonight. But let me mention a couple of them here. Um, Dale Howarchuk died uh, August 18th. He was 57 years old. Uh, you may remember the name. He was a, a center for 16 years. Played hockey for 16 years. Talk, talk about taking a beating, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> he played with four different teams. From 1981 to 1997, scored 518 goals in his career. He was Rookie of the Year in 82 with the Winnipeg Jets. He was introduced into the National Hockey League Hall of Fame in 2001. He owned and coached a team in the Ontario Hockey League after his National Hockey League retirement. And Clifford Robinson died August the 29th. He was 53 years old. He was a basketball player in the NBA. He was a center. Uh, he played for 18 years. That's quite a career. I mean, if you can play for 18 years in the National Basketball Association, I think you can write it up as a successful career. He played with five different teams, notably with the Portland Trailblazers. He was sixth man of the year in 1993 and an NBA All-Star in 1994. Played basketball at the University of Connecticut, did Clifford Robinson. If you run up and down the court for 18 years, you deserve some kind of award. For right. Sure. He, he passed away the 29th of August, uh, age of 53. Okay, Tom, that might be about all I have for the first half of our show tonight. Uh, okay. So so uh, uh, we can, uh, we can uh, have a bunch more here in sports in the second half, and mm. later we can also talk about some books. Like. Yeah, that's one of the things I like about when Dr. Funkhauser comes to visit is he uh, he's one of my people that I get ideas about uh, books. And sometimes he'll recommend a book and I'll order it from Amazon without even questioning or even bothering with the reviews. And in fact, uh, just, just to pass by, because I don't think we want to do the whole thing, you recommended a book to me just uh, this week. Uh, and I know who the author is and I know uh, about, I'm interested in the topic, so I actually ordered it, and I've actually already gotten it yet. So I'm, I'm oh. going to be reading the same book, but it's the book by, um, what's his name? Um, Are you talking about Howard Holzer? Howard Holzer, exactly. Who is no, it? it's not Howard. I'm sorry. The man's name is Harold Holzer. Holzer. Right. Well, he's an interesting man to me, and we can we can spill a little time, spend yeah. a little time on this because. He didn't start out his life to be a professional academic historian. He was a well-educated man, but I, he worked in as 
in politics, and I think he was on the staff of um, uh, Mario Cuomo at one time. That's correct, and he, yeah, and he also was the publicist for the Metropolitan Museum of Art, too. Right, and he's, an, he's what you'd call a very, a very intellectual man, but he happens to have a, a really good interest in Abraham Lincoln, and enough uh, he's published enough about Lincoln to uh, be remarked upon as one of the out- outstanding Lincoln scholars in the country. And I think, Ed, he did a major book that dealt with uh, Abraham Lincoln at the Cooper Union. Isn't that right? Yeah, it's a wonderful book. It's one of my favorite books, and maybe later on in the show we can talk about that. I I would like to do that. I All can right. tell you a bit about that book. That's, uh, that is a wonderful book. Okay. We've run over a little bit here. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, we will move now toward doing the uh, CBS newscast at uh, 931. How you going to do it if you really don't want to dance by standing on the wall? By standing on the wall Get your back up off the wall Cause I heard all the people saying Get down on it Come on and Get down on if it If you really want it Get down on it You gotta feel it Get down on Get it Get down on oh it Oh my goodness I've been sitting here rocking out I realized that Actually I did realize That cool in the game Yeah it's, just, it's really too bad Tom That we're on radio And not on television So uh, people can't see All the dance moves That you're making <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who knows me knows that that's a lot of fun. But it, but to tell you what, if you listen to Cool in the Gang, you kind of uh, yeah. Well, there's a tendency to want to to lay down some steps, but I'll, I'll just just leave that that part to you, and you can talk about the member of Cool in the Gang that passed away recently. Well, Ronald Bell, uh, Tom died on September the ninth. Uh, he was 68 years old. Um, don't know the cause of death. He died suddenly. However, I understand unexpectedly. Uh, Ronald Bell was co-founder. He was the co-founder of Cool and the Gang, uh, along with his brother, whose name was Robert Bell. The fellow who died was named Ronald Bell. But Robert, his nickname was Cool, Robert Cool Bell. That's where the name Cool and the Gang came from. Now, um, Ronald wrote, co-wrote, or produced many of their hits, and we know those. We just heard Get Down On It, but Celebration, Jungle Boogie, and actually, Cool and the Gang had about a dozen uh, hit records, uh, real hit records that we know. They were one of the smoothest bands. I really always enjoyed them. And in 2017, I had the opportunity to go to a Cool and the Gang concert. Uh, where I was, in we- up in western New York, at Chautauqua. <laughs> really? In the, in the, uh, they, believe it or not, they were at Chautauqua, at the, in the amphitheater there, with about 6,000 people, and that was a rockin' experience. They were superb. That is a great uh, musical uh, band, uh, musical organization. Well, that's not the usual uh, uh, kind of uh, presentations for Chautauqua, but then again, <laughs> they, they do 
kind of explore a lot of things. Well, they, they, they often try to go, you know, one night of something at one of the weeks uh, during the summer uh, at Chautauqua, they try to do something a little different. And this, the, the week I was there was with the Cool and the Gang, and, and it was a big hit. I mean, really. Uh, and uh, Ronald Bell was a self-taught musician. Um, he played several in- instruments, and, of course, he also sang, matter of fact. Well, let me tell you, I did discover, because it sounds like we're about to move on to something else I looked up during the, the break, that Trini Lopez was, in fact, in the movie The, the uh, Dirty Dozen, and uh, he got killed fairly early, and, you know, but by the time they're through, uh, of the dozen that started out, I think only one of them is still alive at the, at the end, and uh, and a couple of sergeants who were escorting them, but uh, uh, that's a movie I've always liked, and, and they it had a quite unusual cast, and Trini Lopez was, was one of those people. Yeah. Well, Tom, uh, turning our attention now to uh, some baseball players, and not just any baseball players, but some Hall of Fame baseball players that I thought we might spend some time talking about this evening. Uh, and, of course, uh, I think if there are baseball fans out there, and I'm sure there are listening tonight, they know who we're about to talk about. But Tom Seaver... Died August 31st. He was 75 years old. Uh, had Alzheimer's and a couple of other maladies, I understand. Uh, but his life was taken at age 75. And, uh, well, Tom, he was the pitcher, wasn't he? He was a dominant pitcher and helped make the early history of the New York Mets as well as other teams. Yeah. He pitched uh, for, for four different teams from 1967 uh, to 1986. Uh, notably with the Mets, but he also pitched a significant amount of time with the Cincinnati Reds, and he won his 300th game when he's pitching for the White Sox, as a matter of fact. Um, and he pitched, at the, right at the end of his career, he pitched briefly with the Red Sox. You know, when yeah, I don't know, pardon me for interrupting you, but they apparently, uh, in his locker, and uh, I guess it was probably in the Mets, Clubhouse, they laid out his uniform or hung part of it up and laid it out. And along the right-hand shin, they put a, a, a well, they smudged it with dirt. <laughs> and uh, if you know anything about uh, Seaver, if you ever watched him pitch, you know what right. that was about. Well, his knee, always he could hit the, hit the dirt in the mound when he pitched. Yeah, he, he dragged his knee. He got so low when, when he was delivering it that he would drag his knee on the ground and uh, that was a kind of a you know commemoration of that part of his performance. But he he was a dominant pitcher. I think he once set the record at 19. It has since been broken, and I think it's 20 now for the number of strikeouts in the game. Yeah. Well, he was the and he was the rookie of the year in 1967. Now, just listen to this. He was the rookie of the year in 1967. He was a 12-time All Star. He won the Cy Young Award three times. And um, he, for many years, I mean, it would be it would take you long to list all the years, but for many years he was the wins leader, the earned run average leader, and the strikeouts leader. Uh, he won 311 games, and of course, famously, was the World Series champ in 1969. The amazing Mets. Right, and Tom Seaver. Uh, he was from California, and he passed away in California. Uh, you know, we can say um, that he was 
one of the few of the greatest pitchers in baseball history. Yeah, he was admitted to the Hall of Fame, I think, in 1992. That's correct. Hall of Fame uh, in 1992. Tom Seaver. Well, another person that uh, I know that you're a fan of, and uh, all baseball fans really uh, have enjoyed over the years, Lou Brock. He died September the 6th. Lou was 81 years old. By the way, Tom Seaver did face. They, they were playing at the same time. Um, he was 81 years old, was Lou Brock, and, in, and he was an outfielder, of course, um, for two teams over 19 seasons. He only played for two teams from 1961 to 1979, but he played mostly with the Cardinals. And we'll get to that in just a moment, how he wound up with the Cardinals. But Lou Brock, uh, he was an all-star six times, Tom, a two-time World Series champion, uh, which I think was 1964 and 1967. I believe that's correct. Uh, He was an eight-time National League stolen base leader, eight times. He had 938 stolen bases, and he had over 3,000 hits. He had 3,023 hits in his career, went into the Hall of Fame in 1985. Tom, what are your remembrances of Lou Brock? Well, I, I wanted to say uh, that number, I think he's second on the list in the number of stolen bases even now, and the number was like 934 or something, And but what... What I know about it, and anybody who ever watched them play, and particularly in the World Series games in the 60s, is that does not tell the whole story of Lou Brock. Because when he became a Cardinal and he got on base, he absolutely upset the game. Whatever He, he was always about to steal. He was always moving back and forward. And the whole nature of the game changed uh, from from his presence in the game. And he ended up stealing a lot of bases. And helping the Cardinals uh, to a very good record. Yeah, he, um, he, uh, he was traded uh, from the Cubs to the Cardinals in 1964, and that is maybe the most, well, other than Babe Ruth going to the Yankees, uh, possibly the most famous trade in baseball history. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh... Uh, I want you to hear you pronounce his name now. Ernie Brolio. Ernie Brolio. <laughs> he was a pitcher for the Cardinals, and the Cubs wanted him, and they were willing to give up Lou Brock for Ernie Brolio. And today people look back at this and go, what? Hello? Uh, the worst tra- they, you, know, you hear it all the time, the worst trade in baseball history. But at the time it happened, Ernie Brolio was a very good pitcher. I mean, he was a winning pitcher, and the Cubs really wanted him. The previous two years, he'd won like 20 games. Uh, each year, and uh, he had a great record and was a good pitcher. But who knew? Uh, you know, Lou Brock. He played had played for about two or three years with the Cubs, but you know he, he had done okay. But uh, he had a lot of potential, and boy, when he got to the Cardinals, wow! Uh, that's when they let him go, and uh, he took off. The store. He, he was traded in like in mid year in 1964, and he won the World Series that year. And uh, he stole a lot of bases. He hit like 350-something, I mean, with the Cardinals. Um, just took off, and the rest is history. Hall of Famer Lou Brock. Hi. Yeah. Now, hi, have, you, have you got more grist for our mail here? We can take a break now if you want to. Okay, well, we've got uh, some Hall of Fame, more Hall of Famers, Hall of Fame basketball coaches. Okay. Coming up. Okay. 
That's, that's a good tease coming up. Ed Funkhauser is our guest tonight. This is the Tom Kearney Show. We're here every night, Monday through Friday, from 9 until 10. Uh, this Thursday night, we're uh, having our uh, September version of the Necrology, which is a list of those who have passed away but deserve to be remembered, and we're trying to help keep their memories alive. Tomorrow night, of course, will be Trivia Night, and uh, coming up next week on Tuesday night, we're going to talk about listening to the radio on the 96th anniversary of the beginning of WPTF. But right now, we'll be back with more of the Necrology after this. back to the 1970s from Sanford and Son, uh, which I believe is one of the few shows that was on then that holds up well, that you can show it now and you don't really feel it's all that dated. And uh, what we're going to do is hear about two or three people who were associated with Sanford and Son. Well, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, uh, Tom, the reason we're uh, opening this segment with the theme from Sanford and Son is that uh, Raymond Allen, Raymond Allen has passed away. He passed away on August 10th. He was 91 years old. Now, he was a television actor in the 70s and 80s, and on very many shows, actually, lots of them. Um, But he notably played Merle the Earl on Starsky and Hutch. He was Ned the Wino on Good Times. And on Sanford and Son, he played Woodrow. That's right, Tom. He was ain't. Esther's husband. <laughs> oh, you remember Woodrow, the poor man. I wonder what Fred Sanford would say about this. Uh, <laughs> uh, we probably wouldn't allow it on the air. <laughs> but that was his, his brother-in-law. But, of course, Esther was tall and dominating, and he, uh, at least as he <laughs> presented himself in the role, was kind of a milquetoast kind of fellow yeah. who uh, was fairly given to, I think, consuming a little alcohol once in a while, just to yes. protect himself against Esther. <laughs> yes. You know, I can imagine Fred Sanford saying something about his passing was, well, probably he'd be better off than being married <laughs> to Esther. <laughs> As you, uh, the, the plot line was that Esther and Fred did not get along. Uh, actually, they were in real life, you know, they were really good friends. But, but you know what I've learned from this is that I did not know that Quincy Jones he did a lot of uh, music for like themes and things sure. at this time, and they had done this particular song. I didn't, yeah. re- didn't realize right. that. Quincy Jones, that's right. Okay. Well, some Hall of Fame basketball coaches, Thomas, moved while well, we got some time. John Thompson. John Thompson died August 30th. He was 78 years old. Of course, most basketball fans remember him as the Georgetown University head coach. Uh, won the NCAA championship in 1984 won a bunch of Coach of the Year awards. He won almost 600 college games, 596. He was the head coach for the U.S. basketball team in the 1988 Olympics in Seoul. And he probably got that got that designation because of Dean Smith, with whom he was a, a very close friend. Correct. He had been an outstanding high school player in Washington, D.C. He played 
uh, college basketball at Providence College. And what's really interesting about John Thompson, I think, is as a trivia, he went to he played for the Boston Celtics. He only played two years for the Celtics, 1965 and 1966. In those two years, the Celtics were the NBA champs. He and, was backing up Bill Russell, I believe. <laughs> right. He's a Hall of Fame uh, member uh, ever since 1999, Basketball Hall of Fame. And another famous basketball coach, Tom, uh, Lute Olson, L-U-T-E. Lute Olson died August 27th. He was 85 years old. He was a head coach at several schools, but most notably Iowa. And he spent 25 years as a head coach at Arizona from 1983 to 2008. His teams made five Final Four appearances, and Arizona won the 1997 NCAA championship. He, too, won many Coach of the Year awards, and his teams won 781 games. He coached at a couple of really big, more than maybe three big programs, and was a success at all of them. Right. He won the Hall of Fame in 2002. Yeah, he was, um, most of his success came at Iowa. And there, and then at Arizona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, quickly, uh, Tom. I guess we're going to run short on time, maybe. But Gene Budig was the last president of the American League. As you may know, the league presidencies were eliminated in 1999. And he was uh, for five years, from '94 to '99, was the league president of the American League, American in Major League Baseball. Prior to becoming the president of the American League, he was president of the University of Kansas the West Virginia University, and Illinois State University, in that order. He was an academic turned into running the American League. Uh, interesting, interesting. Mark, Mark Newman was the senior vice president of the Yankees, in charge of baseball operations. He worked for the Yankees for 26 years. Uh, his farm system produced players like Mariano Rivera, Derek Jeter, and others. Wow. Um, prior to... Major League Baseball, he was the head coach at Old Dominion University, the head baseball coach up in Virginia. Bill Yeoman passed away on August the 12th, age 92. Now, he was a college football coach at Houston for 25 years, from 62 to 86. And Bill Yeoman introduced the Veer, Tom. Oh, boy, I remember uh, I, I went to the school in Memphis, uh, college in Memphis, and I remember Houston coming up to play Memphis State as it was called then, and seeing D.C. Nobles uh, do the veer, um, the triple option veer. uh, And it came from Bill Yeoman at Houston. He was the first coach at a major program in Texas to sign an African-American player in 1964. It was Warren McVay, by the way. Ooh. He coached 46 All-Americans and 69 players who played in the NFL. And Herb Orvis died August 14th. He was 73 years old. A defensive tackle with the Lions and the Baltimore Colts, played for 10 years, was an All-American player at the University of Colorado, and he was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2015. Tom? Okay. So those are our people that we have for our show tonight. We took a pass at it earlier. Uh, We've got about a minute uh, left here, and... uh, I want you to mention that book again, if you will. Okay, I want to mention a couple of books. That, uh, if you like reading history, let's, so I've got a minute. Harold Holzer, H-O-L-Z-E-R. I think he's excellent, really excellent, fun to read because he writes so clearly and well. He has a new book out called The Presidents Versus the Press. 
the endless battle between the White House and the media from the founding fathers to fake news. And um, it's excellent. It's about halfway through the book, and what I've read, I want to say that it's, it's quite interesting of how the presidents have dealt with the media. But he's written other books. You mentioned the book about Lincoln, Lincoln at Cooper Union. It's about when Lincoln came east in uh, 1860. The people of the east didn't know him. They heard about him, but, hey, this guy that was born in a log cabin, what does he look like? What does he sound like? So he came east to make speeches, and it got him the Republican nomination and later the presidency. And Lincoln at Cooper Union is one of my favorite books of American history, Tom. Uh, well, I'm going to stop you right here. So Harold Holzer, a uh, book about uh, the presidents in the press, and uh, one that's been out of uh, several years, right. uh, Lincoln at the Cooper Union. And right. I, I've read most of that book, and I, I would recommend it, too. Dr. Edward Funkhauser is the keeper of the record. Uh, the record is those who have uh, passed away but should be remembered. It's our in necrology, and uh, we'll be back with another edition of this in about a month. Tomorrow night we're going to have trivia.